Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Welcome to Inside the Comedian with me, David Reed. This week, I'll be interviewing Doc Brown. Comedian, actor director, precision driver, owl photographer, hand model, milkman, merc. Doc Brown, welcome to Thank Inside you. the Comedian. What's your doctorate in, by the way? Can I just ask? I mean, it's, it's dentistry, but also philosophy. So it's an right, interesting combination. Yeah. Those, those are rare. Yeah, they are, they are rare. Mm. But um, at the same time, you know, I would challenge any man or woman to... to look at those pearly whites and not feel in touch with something way deeper right. than just the gums. enamel. Yeah, yeah. the gums. Um, was it sort of dental philosophy or more philosophical dentistry, do you think, that you specialised in? It was dental philosophy. Dental philosophy, OK. OK, the philosophy of, of, of teeth. Yes, no. Uh, that pun well, didn't, go over. didn't... It didn't go over. Okay. <laughs> now, you, of course, uh, started out in your career, not as a comedian, mm. but as a child. Um, <laughs> what, what was that like? Well, I mean, it's something that's skated over a lot when, um, when, when I'm talking about... That sounds very traumatic. Yeah, really, really painful. Mm. And, and actually, three of these digits are completely false. Wow. Yeah, just prosthetic. Um, but, yeah, uh, you know, in the Wikipedia page, it doesn't mention it. It's as if I just appeared in show business a fully formed adult. Do you actually, I was a child for nearly 18 years. Right, right. <laughs> nearly, nearly 18 years, quite right. Um, do you rely on Wikipedia for memory <laughs> on everything, or do you have your own memories? Uh, well, you know, I've got a few, I've got a few, few of my own, but yeah. the 90s, yeah, I mean, right. it didn't help. The 90s didn't help. <laughs> so, so jobs. I mean, every comedian I've met, uh, you know, comedy wasn't their first job. Mm. You know, they, they started out in something a bit mm. different that, that sort of built them up to, to really get some life experience, you know, to really get to know the common man so that they can then manipulate them in a dark room. Mm. So, so what, what, was, what was your start in life? Well, I mean, there, there were so many odd jobs here and there. Right. Um, but my first job was in, uh, in London Zoo, if you go Which into... side of the bars were you? Well, it, it was a bit of both, interestingly oh, right. enough. Because if you go into the um, amphibian room, it's one I know of the well, first yeah. rooms you come to as, as, as you go in. And I showed an interest in um, the, 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 the reptile house, is what I should call it, not amphibians, the reptile house. And um, 
I found an affinity with them quite quickly. Right. So I was I was able to go into the glass cases and feed them without fear of you know a, a attack or or scaring the um, the creatures. Right. And then is that the zoological term? The creatures. The creatures. Yeah. <laughs> the creatures, yeah. And then there was there was one day where I was working with these Creature. iguanas, iguanas. Well, oh, wow. iguanas okay. who move very very slowly so you need to move slowly so as not to shock them and I was I was bending over just giving them their bits of uh, food and, and snacks and what treats. do they eat iguanas what are they it's a real range right so there's obviously insects yes but also calippos. <laughs> yes calippos. yes <laughs> so they're mad Yes. They, they are massive on. Right. But <laughs> the problem is because you've got to move so slow. Yeah, the clippo can melt. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Terrible. So I'm moving extremely slowly. Covered and in trying... dribbling calippo. Yeah, and the insects are obviously not enjoying the, the solidifying of the, of the, the sugar and juice. Mm. And um, what happened was the iguanas moved quicker than they'd ever moved because they suddenly enjoyed this almost like bridge shape that I was creating with my body. Right. And the manager at the, the reptile house said, don't move, because I've never seen Bernie and Hermione, two of them, <laughs> the two I've never seen them happier than or, they are now. Right. So How can you tell an iguana's happy? Well, this is the thing. I had no idea. No I was, idea. I was, a, took his word I was essentially a, a reptilian in, intern at this point. Right. So I had no I, idea. And now a human bridge. Yeah. And so now I'd become this human bridge. And he said, don't move. And of course, I didn't move. I wanted to keep them happy. Bernie especially was very happy. Hermione didn't like that. Right. Um, and I stayed. But the manager, Ian, he, he didn't come back for ages. And I was there. When you say ages, I mean, how long are we talking? Are um, we... I mean, initially it was three and a half hours. Right. And, and then... I mean, the calippo would be long gone. Yeah, the calippo was gone. Right. This is like a little pool at the, at the bottom there. We're lapping up. Mm. I, I didn't want to shock them, but then I thought, you know, fuck this. So right. I, I elbowed the, um, the little... There's a little hatch thing that you used to get in. No one came. So I just completely came out of the bridge. Right. Tried to open it. It had been locked. So I ended up staying there for about three to four months. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And nobody opened the hatch in that time. No, no, no. But I was fed in the same way as as the iguanas. Insects. Yeah, because they're actually. Calippos. Did you did you favour the insects or the calippos? No, no. If you if you have both, almost all food groups are represented. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> all food groups. Yeah. I mean. All nutrition, maybe, but all food groups. All food groups. <laughs> I'm sticking by. Fine, yeah. No, you're you're quite right. You're quite right. I mean, the insects provide protein, and then the calippo provides uh, fats, carbohydrates, fiber, yeah, yep. and all the vitamins mm, and water. And water. They are disgusting. <laughs> very fatty. Very fatty. A calippo. Um, well, that sounds that sounds like a harrowing experience. I mean, how did you get out? Through the magic of comedy. So, um, you know, the more... It's a Genesis story. Wow, an origin story. It really is. It's like a superhero thing, because people started coming into the reptile Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, obviously expecting to see 
what you'd expect to see in in in, in a glass case of, of iguanas. You so might you might see a little ceramic structure or a, right. a, a tree, not maybe a maybe a bonsai, something like that, to make them them feel big. Right, not not an angry, fully grown man. Exactly, <laughs> it was a surprise. Right. And what do we know about the nature of comedy? If there is an element of surprise or shock, something that people don't expect, yes, they often laugh. Right, they often laugh, and the f that first big laugh I got. I thought, hello. Hello. There's something here. There's something here. You know, I'm, I mean, we'll, we'll carry on with your career in comedy, because that's really why I've got you here. But I think you might have hit on something to save our zoos, because often you look in an enclosure and you go, where's the bloody gibbon gone? Mm. I can't see it. Mm. You know, or a parakeet, or, you know, the, the bloody ocelot, or whatever it is. Mm. And if there was just a person in the corner to look at, who was sort of looking a bit grumpy, it's, it's maybe doing their laundry, might think. It would be, at least it would be something to look at, you know, and they could be doing an act or something, they could yeah. be juggling. Or, or if they're know. in with a, a, a predator. That would be fantastic. <laughs> it really was like an origin story, and I, I took that on the road. Didn't work in the first year. I had to develop more right. from just that bridge position. <laughs> just touring the jonglers of, uh, of Britain. In the open spot. You know, in the I wasn't, open yeah, spot. Wasn't... Yeah, of course. You wouldn't do 20 minutes. No. no. <laughs> uh, did you take the iguanas with you, or did you try and sort of do those with mime? Uh, <laughs> um, and, and initially, it was uh, very crude drawings that I'd made. Right. On, on. <laughs> How crude were the drawings? Pretty crude, because I was thinking, right. look, this is Jonglers' Friday night right. battersea. We'll give them what they want. They want filth. They want filthy iguanas yeah. and so a human bridge. I basically, I basically accentuated the whole relationship between Bernie and Hermione, I, I boosted right. up to way more romantic than it ever really was. You say romantic. But, I mean, I, you yeah. know, even then I thought stand-up is a contrivance, mm. right? Right. So why not embellish the truth? Right. Life doesn't give you punchlines. Exactly. Or material often. No. And, and sometimes you've just got to, you know, you've got to embellish the iguanas. Exactly. You know, I, I once saw Russell Howard on an episode of uh, the Jonathan Rush show, right. answer a personal question with a piece of material that he performed alongside me five years earlier mm. that was written by another comedian. Right. And so I thought, if we're dealing with that level, mm. then I'm going to make two cardboard cutouts fuck each other. And we'll... <laughs> right. Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. And actually, I feel vindicated because well, it's worked. This this podcast is a direct descendant of This Is Your Life. It has the same, I think, influence right. in the world of entertainment. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm it's here. It's just as I'm, relevant. I'm here. I didn't pay, or I paid a little bit to be here. But you paid I, a little bit. Not yeah. as much as, uh, you know. You were others. the highest bidder. Exactly. <laughs> so, For the slot. £2.78. There you go. <laughs> no. and, and thank you for bit. that. Thank you for that. <laughs> so that was how you, uh, you, you turned to comedy. Mm -hmm. What? Got in the game. Got it's in another, the game. It's a rapper thing. Sorry. It, right. You keep mentioning rapper things. Yeah. Are you into those guys? Yeah, I'm a big fan. I've always wanted to be one. So, right. Yeah. Oh, what is it about the rappers you like particularly? I think it's the it's the the jauntiness of their hips right. is, a, is a big thing. They <laughs> seem to have this rhythm that I'm very. They're known very for their jauntiness, of. rappers. Isn't yeah. They? I mean, I've been... there's one word that I would use to describe rappers. It's jaunty. Yeah. They seem to have a lot of um, success. Uh, romantically, right, uh, and um, financially they seem quite solvent. 
And, and I, I've always, you know, I've always admired that. And mm -hmm. I've, I've been trying to clap along since the late 80s. I haven't quite um, you made, say it, clap made along. it on. You mean literally just clap along? Literally clapping along. I'm just trying to clap. Do they like that? Do they enjoy that when you clap they, along? They, they don't. Down the front, clapping along to the rap. I mean, a lot of people would say, you know, who's that guy? Clapping along to clapping the Clapping really enthusiastically, shaking his hips back and forth. Right, in a jaunty um, way. And sometimes it would, it would get unpleasant. But that was largely because I, I've always struggled to... The majority of the music is uh, in a 4-4 four, four rhythm. One. Right two, three, four. And I've always struggled to hit those um, <laughs> moments in a clap. Right. Um, which I've found when I'm as close as I am at, yeah. the, at the gigs, they, they find quite annoying. <laughs> so if, if you're, you're, you're counting, you're clapping arrhythmically um, whilst they're doing a 4-4, four, 4-4's four. Four, yeah. a tough one, though, isn't it? I it's mean, very tough. I wish rappers would do more waltzes. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you? And there's... there's, there's uh, That'd be nice. There's, there's no arrhythmically without rhythm. That's what my mum told me. Right, right. That's very sweet of her. If you'd like to see Inside the Comedian being recorded live, then we have a new monthly show at the King's Place Theatre in London. On Thursday the 14th of March, I'll be interviewing Rufus Hound and Richard Branch. Tickets are available from kingsplace.co.uk. Right. Whenever, uh, whenever I performed that, and I felt I was losing people. Right. 
what it's like to be what it's like to be white to be and white. just you know oh god I just you know I'm just here in the mainstream no one really questions my race it's really right. difficult yeah reasonably well off you know and comedy's largely been built around me and my experiences mm. really struggling with it right you know? and um, <laughs> I I guess I just wish I could do a bit more about being white and not feel so sidelined you know yeah yeah no, but it's I, like nobody wants to hear it nobody wants to hear no it. one wants to hear that no one wants to hear what it's like for us mm. and, and you know, um with our, with our eventually room. someone's gonna have to speak up well, you're a braver man than I, because I never would. You know, you'd just get your head bloody shot off, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, I admire your career, but I just don't feel like you've really pushed I've stayed that safe. side of yeah, you. Yeah, I have safe. stayed safe. I have could got, have addressed it. I could have addressed my race, and I haven't. And just, I never I hear that. I no, never no, no, hear no. that. And, and the weird thing is, I've seen so many Penny shows over the years, and I'm Thank thinking, you. here's... Here's three white guys right. who never mention. We never mention. It's like the elephant in the room. No, it does make people feel awkward. And it's know, just we don't weird. We you don't know, because there's all of us out there. We thinking, don't mention our gender. Can we either. get some? Can we be ripped? You right, know, right. And, and we get right. nothing. Like there's a lot of guys out there who wish we'd talk about, you know, uh, penises and things. And, yeah. And we and never just, talk you don't about go our guy stuff. You don't we never go talk there. about. Yeah, I know. It's cowardice, really. At the same time, you know, I, I think even. There's an intelligence to what you do and, mm. and the fact you don't reference it, you're still there representing that I like to that think minority. So. I like to think so. I like to think so. Well, my dream is that one day there are more white men in comedy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one day. As, 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 as King said, it's a dream, isn't it? Right. He had right. a dream. That's one it. day. One day. There'd be, <laughs> there'd be more white guys <laughs> doing jokes. On live at the Apollo, mm. Mm. but maybe it's just a dream. I mean, I'm still not entirely convinced white guys are funny, <laughs> and that's my own self hatred, you know. Yeah, no, sure, sure. Right, I hear that. <laughs> if I may move on, there have been a lot of rumours in the gutter press that you have a rather close relationship with a very famous celebrity. Can I can I just ask to hear your side of this story because? This always happens. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but... What happens? Can you say their name, just so... I mean, we all want it to be true. We want it to be true. It's a... The thing is, there's... Okay, we... we've obviously, we've been pictured together a right. lot. Right. A lot. More than is usual. Right. For, uh, you know, two celebrities from different walks of life. Right. But I just get sick and tired of some of the salacious things that are, are, are said about us, I think is, is completely unfair because... Unfair, but are they untrue? I mean, for the, for the sake of Michael Burke, I don't want right. to... <laughs> yeah. He's a man who... He really if you look at, If you look at his career... Yes. He's got a sense of humour about himself. People don't see that side. He's got a softer side. Really? Even though, yes, he could be uh, dr drilling you with questions about you know, the Suez crisis. Mm. You know, yes, he could be talking about the, 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 the difficulties between the Flemish and the French mm. in, in post-war Belgium. Of course he could. Of course he could, yes. Of course he could. And he won't stop until he gets answers. <laughs> but there's a side of that man that is so gentle 
so soft. Which side is and that? And so loving. Right. I mean, he has a hatch, right? What? Like, he has a hatch. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, it was built for guinea pigs. He uses it right. for um, orphaned rabbits. Right. Okay. In Aberdeenshire, whose parents have been hit by all sorts of drunk drivers. And this is not a slur at the Scottish. No, of course. <laughs> of course. It's just what and happens this hatch, to rabbit parents sometimes. He is extending it and extending it. He's got planning permission for a loft extension to it now. I mean, that's, that's becoming more than a hatch. Um, I mean, he's if you incredibly hatch, gentle man. Doesn't it become incredibly heavy? And because you see me and Michael in Tiger Tiger on Friday night, right. oh, all of a sudden, right? No, I, I get, I get that. He's a gentle, honest soul who's got a hatch. What's for he up rabbits. to? I mean, that's fine. But um, I mean, people, people want to know what you guys are up to, really. I mean, how did, I mean, how did you even meet? Well, the the, the friendship began because um, I had appeared on Newsnight, right? Um, trying to, you know. Basically, as, as we were talking about before, I was just trying to raise the profile of, of, of white middle-class male comedians, right? And um, Preach. At the time, it was Paxman. Right. He didn't want to hear all that noise. Of course not. Uh, I came not. off, got a call from my agent, and she said, um, there's somebody who'd like a word with you about your appearance. And I said, oh, okay, who's that? Um... And she said, Michael Burke. And I said, the, the, the Michael, Michael Burke. Burke. Yeah. And she said, the Michael Burke. Is it OK if I pass him your number? And I said, listen, if it's Burke, then give then him my number, give him my direct email, give him the keys to, <laughs> <laughs> to what, your, your car? Your house? Well, I knew he was a conservationist. Right, so, okay. You know, give him the keys to my garden. To your garden, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have separate garden keys. Yeah. That's very sensible. He called me and he said, first off, yeah. fuck Paxman. Right. That was his opener. Wow. That was his opener. Wow. Fuck Paxman. I mean, that is how friendships are born. Yeah. This guy thinks he's Charlie Big Potatoes, you know. He uh, does. I've met Paxman and he genuinely thinks he's Charlie Big Potatoes. What I didn't realise is <laughs> That's that That's how he Michael, produces himself. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realise Michael's nephew had been lambasted right. on University Challenge uh, ten years previous so they're, by they're, Paxman they're nemeses for taking time on answering a question about the uh, the whereabouts of Cleopatra's remains, right. which was a tough one. That's a tough question, you know. And um, but never let it slide. And there was something about that that pushed him out of even having respect. For, for certain human beings and almost humanity, and that's mm. that's when he, he he developed this affinity with animals. Right. But there was something about my grilling from Paxman that also created an affinity, and we stayed close. Well, that's very sweet. We stayed that's close. Sweet. Yeah. What what do you, what's the darkness in Burke's past then? Do you think that? Uh, well, why, I think it was. Uh, why does he want to raise all of these? Rabbits through his enormous hatch. I don't. I don't think you can. I mean, I think you probably meant hutch, but I. <laughs> I might have. You might have. <laughs> I might have meant hutch. I might have meant hutch. Because the hatch, as I was trying to explain earlier, if you just extended it, it would just become phenomenally heavy until a rabbit has no chance of getting through. That's very true. Right. That's right. very true. Right. <laughs> what I think you can never underestimate is early recession of the hairline. Right. And I think Michael experienced <laughs> right. 
Michael experienced that as a very, very young man. And so I mean, he, he, he wanted to save furry things <laughs> as a result of losing his own. I mean, that was an offshoot, but right. he told me it was he was around 13 to 14 years old when he began the comb over. And wow. there's no way of knowing how much pressure that puts on a human being or how human much skill. bullying there is on the playground. No. You know, if you enjoy sunnier climbs, how much, uh, you know, difficulty there is there in right. terms of protecting the scalp. Hat shopping. Um, <laughs> it made him a sensitive man. Comb over kids in school, man. wasn't there? there yeah, was and that, that, was, that was Bert. And I think, yeah, we, we bonded. Maybe we trauma bonded. Perhaps it was a forehead thing. We both have large foreheads. Right. Um, I wasn't going to say that. Perhaps it was just that revenge on Paxman. I mean, right. they're, they're still warring now. I'm, I've not seen Michael for a long time. Right. Um, but I know that um, Paxman recently received um, some effluence. Wow. Uh, finally, uh, Doc Brown, um, how do you think you'll die? <laughs> I thought about this a lot. Right. I think most likely is going to be a stage-related incident. Right, because yeah. you're on stage so much. Yes. And you're and, so reckless um, when you're there. Exactly. Right. So, you know, one thing comics are, are very concerned about is how much time they spend in cars, yes. how much time they spend on planes, mm. and the fact that it's a, a disproportionate amount of time to... The average Joe, uh, normals as we call them, normals people we, outside we call... of show business. Right. Um, you guys are currently in show business because you're here. No. But question. as soon as you leave, you're outside. And of I show think business. I think the warmth I got from that comment pretty much sums yeah, up. No, exactly, you're right. You're right. Uh, Everyone loves you. How, how correct I was <laughs> on, on on that point. Yeah. But yeah, I, I I just I just feel that they're worrying about the wrong things because right. they're they're too quick to get on and off of the stage. Once I'm on stage, I like to be on for a period of two and a half to three hours. Regardless of what the organizers think. <laughs> Absolutely regardless. Right. There's, You've arrived. You'll I've be damned a, if you're leaving. I've had a lot of these people backstage saying, oh, I've got a wife and kids. I've got, <laughs> oh, I've got another job to do. Please let me leave. You know, I'm so sick of that level of moaning when right. there's real art at work. Right. Right. <laughs> However, mm. I'm also aware that as I lengthen that stage time, mm. more, and it, it does happen more and more, right, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm increasing sick. the risk yes. of a rigging collapsing on me, right. a la Curtis Mayfield. Right, yes. Uh, a heart attack. Heart attack. Uh, a la Tommy, Tommy Cooper. Cooper. Whatever happened to Sid James? <laughs> I think it was a peanut. You know, a peanut. I think he you know. swallowed a good surprise peanut. I, sometimes I'm on so long, I could have developed an allergy to nuts. Right. In that time. In that time. So Your body's just like, oh, God, shut this you know, thing down. I feel, I feel like I'll die in the moment in of the entertaining. Moment. Doc Brown, thank you for letting us inside you. Thank you very much. Doc Brown. Thank you for listening to Inside the Comedian with me, David Reed. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a review and follow at Inside Comedian on Twitter. Hold up. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.